Welcome back to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by placing and sustaining and wavering faith in God. Your host, Drew Suttles, and I just appreciate so much uh, your willingness to spend time in the Word of God and to spend time with me today as we work through Psalm 4. If you have your Bibles and you're in a place where you can open it, I want to invite you there. Uh, As we mentioned in our last episode going through Psalm 3, the way that we want to do this, the pattern we want to follow is we want to read the psalm, give an outline of the psalm, and then some points of application from the psalm that will help us, hopefully, to weather the storms of life. Before we dive into that text, I do want to say a word of appreciation to all of you who are listening today, those of you who have listened in times past, and all of your encouragement and support that you've given me. It is truly a blessing. I just want to thank you for that. And I also want to encourage you, if you haven't already, to go and check out the Scattered Abroad Network. This podcast is a work of the Scattered Abroad Network, and I'm pre- uh, so privileged and, and thankful to be on this great network. And I encourage you, if you haven't already, to go and check us out on Facebook, on YouTube, on Instagram, uh, but certainly to just be praying for this effort. Uh, we are striving to bring glory to God through the avenue of a podcast, and we have content coming out every day of the week, and we hope and pray that it is helpful to you and for you. And again, I'm just so thankful to be a part of it. Thank you for listening. And I hope that this season has been and will be helpful for all of you. We started off by introducing the book of Psalms. That is our theme this season, weathering the storm with the Psalms as we come to season four of this uh, podcast on this network. And in our first three episodes, we introduced the Psalms and then we got into Psalm three in our last episode. And so today... We come to Psalm 4. Again, let's begin by reading this. I'm going to give you an outline, and then we'll look at some points of application that will hopefully help us to weather the storm. Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have relieved me in my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. How long, O you sons of men, will you turn my glory to shame? How long will you love worthlessness and seek falsehood? Selah. But know that the Lord has set apart for himself him who is godly. The Lord will hear when I call to him. Be angry and do not sin. Meditate within your heart on your bed and be still. Selah. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. There are many who say, Who will show us any good? Lord, lift up the light of your countenance upon us. You have put gladness in my heart, more than in the season that their grain and wine increased. I will both lie down in peace and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Psalm 4 is one of my favorites, and one of the hymns that we sing is one of my favorite hymns. Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Hold my trembling hand, lest helpless I should fall. Oh, hear me. Oh, hear me. Lord, hear me when I call. This is a beautiful, beautiful psalm, and it's a beautiful reminder that God does hear us, that God does care, and He does love us, even in and especially when we find ourselves in the midst of a storm. Brother Roy Deaver entitled this psalm, God, Our Security. And he said that this was possibly written on the eve of the battle which is described in 2 Samuel 18, verses 1 through 8. But the Waycaster, Tom Waycaster, said this is an evening hymn. 
And while Psalm 3 is the morning psalm, Psalm 4 is the evening psalm. I find that very beautiful and powerful to think about. I want to give you an outline uh, that I came across, and then want to go to a, I guess, a more specific outline, kind of a verse-by-verse study as we look at some of the language here. But if you'd like to have this for your notes or for your own personal study, I wanted to provide it for you. The outline suggests that there is the request in verse 1, the rebuke, verses 2 through 6, and the rejoicing, verses 7 and 8. Again, that's the request, verse 1, the rebuke, verses 2 through 6, and the rejoicing, verses 7 and 8. But let's look at this a little bit closer. First, notice with me the supplication, verse 1. Hear me when I call. O God of my righteousness, you have relieved me in my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. Notice that he uses the word hear twice. And the word hear in the Hebrew language means to respond to an urgent request. To respond to an urgent request. Hear me. I'm calling out to you and I need you. I need you to be here for me. David says, hear me when I call, hear my prayer. And so the call and the prayer are used uh, as as a parallel, parallel language there. Notice he said, O God of my righteousness. This theme of righteousness will also be seen in verse 5. Notice he, he, he points back to a time when God was with him. And think about the word supplication. You're calling on God to supply something for you. You have relieved me in my distress. So you have been there. You've supplied what I've needed in the past. I'm calling on you now to supply what I need today. It's a great reminder, isn't it? For the faithful children of God to reflect back on what God has done in the past and be encouraged and convinced that He can do it again. And He can be with you and help you in all of your trouble. The American Standard Version and the English Standard Version read, Answer me. When I call. Again, this is not saying that you're demanding God or or any kind of arrogant attitude, but rather calling on God to be there for you. And the blessing that we have as Christians is that He will be. Spurgeon said, He goes from the closet of prayer to the field of conflict. In verse 2, notice with me the condemnation. So verse 1 was a supplication, but now we look at the condemnation. How long, O you sons of men? Notice he's directing this toward them, not toward God. That was verse 1. Verse 2, How long, O you sons of men, will you turn my glory to shame? How long will you love worthlessness and seek falsehood? Here we, we think of the enemies, the conflict that David is going through. And so there's this rebuke, there's this condemnation of these individuals who are trying to turn his glory into shame. They're trying to love worthlessness and seek falsehood instead of seeking that which is worthy and that which is true. And so David, there's this opposition. Because when David's trying to do what's right, those who are wanting to do what's wrong naturally will oppose him. And that's what we find there in verse 2, the condemnation. In verse 3, notice with me the sanctification. Sanctification. The word sanctify means to set apart for a holy purpose. Same root word as holy. Sanctification. But know that the Lord has set apart for himself him who is godly. The Lord will hear when I call to him. You know what I love about verse 3? 
is the confidence. Remember how it started, hear me when I call? David had no doubt that God would hear him. So verse 3 connected with verse 1. The Lord will hear when I call to him. But notice again that language, sanctification. The Lord has set apart for himself him who is godly. 2 Peter 2.19, 1 Peter 1.13-17. In that text in 1 Peter, Peter said, Gird up the lowings of your mind, be sober. Hope to the end for the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves to your former lust, but be holy in all manner of conversation. As it is written, be holy, for I am holy. Strive for holiness. Be who God wants you to be. Notice the language. God has set apart for himself him who is godly. Those who are striving to do what is right will be set apart. There should be a distinction between Christians and the world. There, there needs to be that line. Because you're either living for God or you're not. You're either obeying God and doing what God says or you're not. And so it's so important to consider the language here that when he goes to God in prayer, asking him to supply something, he turns to condemn those who are doing wrong, but then he's reminded of the fact that God is setting apart those who are godly, and he will hear the faithful when they call unto him. A beautiful, beautiful text when David is going through the storm. In the next place, let's consider the exhortation, verses 4 and 5. Be angry and do not sin. Meditate within your heart on your bed and be still. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. Be angry and do not sin. What does that sound like? Ephesians 4.26 Be angry and do not sin and not let the sun go down on your wrath. We read that from the words of uh, the letter of Apostle Paul to the brethren at Ephesus. And of course we can apply that to our lives today as Christians. Be angry and do not sin. But I love what the King James says. Stand in all and sin not kind of a different idea, isn't it? Be angry, and this one says stand in awe. It's almost as if you think about the context here and the language that David, in view of those who are enemies, those who love what is worthless, those who are enjoying falsehood, to be reminded of, hey, you stand in awe of God. And when you think of his righteousness and his glory and his greatness, then don't go and sin because you'll fall in the same category as the wicked. And you don't want to do that. So stand in awe of God and His holiness and righteousness, and you strive for holiness. The exhortation that is given. Several things are brought up. Be angry and do not sin. Meditate within your heart on your bed and be still. That's, that's some powerful language. This idea of meditation. It's not to empty the mind, but to fill the mind with that which is good and right. Meditate on these things, Philippians 4.8. Think about Psalm 1. The blessed man meditated day and night on the law of the Lord. So you meditate, you spend time within your heart. And notice, be still. Be still and know that I am God, Psalm 46.10. And so David, as we work through this psalm, he's calling out to God. He has trust that God will hear him. But look at the application here. Here are some things that you can do as a child of God that can help you weather the storm. 
Be angry and do not sin. Meditate within your heart. Be still. And then offer the sacrifices of righteousness. The need to atone for sin is seen in this verse. And put your trust in the Lord. What great inspired advice is that? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And so we have the exhortation that is given in verses 4 and 5. Finally, let's look at the condition. Verses 6 through 8, the condition. There are many who say, well, who will show us any good? Lord, lift up the light of your countenance upon us. You have put gladness in my heart, more than in the season that their grain and wine increased. I will both lie down in peace and sleep. You alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. The condition of the righteous. Even when the storm and the wind is, is hailing all and howling all around you, here's the condition of the godly. Here's the condition of the faithful. You've put gladness in my heart. I think about Philippians 4 4 with that. When Paul from a prison cell said, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. It's because joy and gladness in the heart of the Christian is not based on outward circumstances. It's based on the inward. It's based on the fact that God is with us. You've put gladness in my heart. Notice, more than in the season that their grain and wine increased. And so here's the wicked, and they seem to be prospering. He said, but they don't have the kind of joy that I have. True joy is found in living a godly life. True joy is found in living a godly life. It's the best life because it is the blessed life. It is the abundant life, John 10.10. It does not mean that we won't face hardships and storms, hence the name of this podcast. But when we do face those storms, the Lord is with us, and that can give us real joy, true, pure joy. A godly life is what will sustain you. We go back to that example in Psalm 1, blessed is the man. He doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. He doesn't stand in the way of sinners. He doesn't sit in the seat of the scornful. But because his delight is in the law of the Lord, the Bible says he's planted by the rivers of water like a tree, and he brings forth good fruit in the season. His leaf does not wither, and whatever he does, he prospers. The godly life is what it's all about. And because of that, we close with verse 8, I will lie down in peace. I will sleep. You, O Lord, help me to dwell in safety. There's the condition of the righteous. And so how can Psalm 4 help us weather the storm? I'm going to give you several points as we bring our episode and our thoughts to a close today. Number one, Psalm 4 can help me weather the storm because it can help me to learn how to rejoice even in trouble. There's no doubt that David's in a time of trouble. There's no doubt that he's in a storm. But he knows that God is going to hear him, and he can rejoice in this. You and I, it's very difficult, but we must learn how to rejoice in the face of trouble. I have a few passages I want us to consider. I want to read a few of these with you. The first one's found in Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, listen to him, 
but we also glory in tribulations. Why? How? Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, character, hope. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. I can learn to rejoice in trouble because it's going to make me more dependent on God and it's going to help me to rejoice in the Lord always. Philippians 4.4 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing this, that the trying of your faith produces patience. And let patience have her perfect worth that you may complete, be complete, and be perfect. James 1, 2-4. First Peter 1, 6-7, these fiery trials that you're facing are going to come forth as gold. Sounds very similar to what Job said. Learn to rejoice even in trouble. Number two, Psalm 4 can help us to remind us that our true self comes out as we reflect and then commune with God. When we find ourselves in, in the nighttime, in the deep, dark moments, our true self, our true character is revealed. Roy Deaver said, So much is revealed to us about ourselves when we are alone with God. We're not doing it for show. We're not doing it for, you know, just going through the motions. This is real communing, genuine communing with God in those dark times. Psalm 4 reminds us that we need to go to God and know that He's going to hear us when we call. A third point, we've already established this, is be right with God and experience true peace. True fulfillment and true joy is found in living that godly life. On that note, we need to be reminded, number four, that true peace and joy is found in God, not in the things of this world. You know, the people in, described in this text, their wine and their their grain increased and, and they were seeking all these worldly things. Remember Ecclesiastes twelve thirteen. <laughs> Anytime worldly things seem to want to pull us away from God. Solomon had it all. Wine, women, wisdom. And in the end, he said, listen, all that's vanity. That doesn't matter. All that matters is fearing God and keeping His commandments. This is the whole of man. That's where peace and joy is truly found, serving God. Another point from this psalm is that we can have confidence that God hears us and will provide for us. Have confidence in that. That will help you weather the storm. But finally, in the day of trouble, we need to call out to God. Yes, there are times we call out to God when things are going great, and we should do that. We need to give thanks unto the Lord for all the wonderful blessings that He's bestowed upon us. But what about in those dark times? What about in those difficult moments? What about in times of trouble? I would suggest from the Scriptures that that's the time that we definitely need to be doing it. We definitely need to be on our knees calling out to God and looking unto Him for guidance and for strength. For example, in Psalm 86, in verse 7, the Bible says, in the day of my trouble, I will call upon you, for you will answer me. Among the gods, there is none like you, O Lord, nor are there any works like your works. You alone are God. I need to be reminded of that. Nahum 1.7 is also a passage that reminds us in the day of trouble, we need to call out unto God. And so Psalm 4, a beautiful psalm, as we think about calling out to God, 
and not only asking Him to hear us, but having the confidence that He does and that He will, and that we can find fulfillment and joy in living a godly life. So don't allow the things of this world to bog you down. That may be a storm that you're facing, but look to God, call out to Him, live for Him, and find true joy, true peace, true fulfillment, even in the midst of the storms of life. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and I hope and pray that this study of Psalm 4 has been helpful for you, and I hope all of us will be able to take something from this, apply it to our lives, that we may be better equipped to weather the storms of life. Thank you so much for listening. May God bless you. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity. And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, and please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.